Masech's Nidah Parag Gimel, Mishnah Hintel, Parag Dalad, Mishnah Aleph. The Mishnah is continuing to talk about the laws of a woman who gives birth, and as we have learnt, when a woman gives birth to a baby boy, she is Tomei for the next week, for the same amount of time that a Nidah is Tomei, for seven days. And after that, there's a period of 33 days until the end of the 40th day that even if blood does exit her uterus, her womb, which is usually a cause of her becoming Tomei as a Nidor, during those 33 days, if that occurs, she will not become Tomei. And therefore, she would be permitted to have relations with her husband throughout those 33 days, even if blood does exit her womb, which would usually make her a Nidor, which would prohibit her from having relations with her husband. If she gives birth to a baby daughter, then we just double those amounts of days. So she will be Tomei for 14 days, two weeks, after which she would have 66 days until the end of the 80th day, where she is pure and she's permitted to have relations with her husband. Even if blood were to come out of her womb, her uterus, she would not become Tomei. At the end of the 40 days for a boy and 80 days for a girl, on the following day, the 41st or the 81st day, she's obligated to bring certain korbanos, certain sacrifices in the Beis HaMikdash, and then she is considered to be fully pure, and she's even permitted to enter into the Beis HaMikdash, or to eat the meat of Korbanais, and that's something that she was forbidden to do so until then. Now, even if the child is not a surviving child, as long as it's a fetus of a human being that has developed sufficiently enough, and it has the status of a fetus, even if she miscarries that fetus, she would still become Tome as if it was a regular birth. However, sometimes in such a case, it's unclear whether the fetus was that of a male or a female. And we've already learned that because in such a situation, she would need to be stringent out of doubt, which means that she would be Tome for 14 days in case it was a female fetus. But she can only be guaranteed to be pure, even if blood comes out of her womb, until the 40th day, but not until the 80th day, in case the fetus was a male fetus in which case blood that comes out of her womb after the 40th day already would make her Tommy as a Nidor. And this mission brings another similar example, Hamapeles Tumtum Androgynous, a woman who miscarries a Tumtum, which is a person whose male and female organs are covered up, and as a result it can't really be identified whether it is a male or a female. An androgynous is really the opposite, where the person has both male and female organs, and features, and once again, it's a doubt as to what the status of such a person is. And because of that, in these cases as well, she would need to literally sit the days. It means that her days and the status of her purity and impurity follows both a male and a female, which means she needs to be strict and be concerned for both options. And like we explained, that means that she'll be Tommy for 14 days. And only for the next 26 days until the 40th day, blood that comes out of her womb will not make her Tomei. Now the truth is, even if she gives birth to a surviving Tumtum or Androgynous, the same would apply. The only reason why the Mishnah talked about a woman who miscarries a Tumtum or an Androgynous is in order to fit with the pattern of the previous Mishnahis. All of the cases so far have been talking about a woman who miscarries. But the same would apply even if these children do apply, because this is a case where there is a doubt as to whether she gave birth to a male or a female child. Continues the Mishnah with the next case. Tumtum v'zohar. If she gives birth both to, or she miscarries, both a tumtum child and a male child. So she gives birth essentially to twins, or she miscarries twins. One is definitely a boy, and the other one is a tumtum whose gender status is not known. Androgynous v'zohar. 
or an androgynous, and a definite male, again, an androgynous is someone who has both male and female features. The Mishnah says, Teshav Nezachman and Keva, she would need to sit the days and be concerned both for the male and female option. She definitely gave birth to a male, but if the androgynous or the tumtum is really a female, that would make her Tommy for 14 days. However, she can't be considered pure until the 80th day because the androgynous might have also been a male. So once again, she's going to be strict and she'll be Tommy for two weeks and the blood that comes out of her womb will not make her Tommy only until the 40th day. Tumtum on a keva, androgynous on a keva, if the woman gives birth to a tumtum and a definite female, again, a tumtum is someone whose organs are covered up, so we can't tell if it's male or a female, or to an androgynous, that is somebody who has both male and female organs, as well as to a definite female, the Mishnah says, Teshevlin keva bulvad, she should just sit the days as if she had given birth to a female child. We can essentially ignore the fact that she also gave birth to a tumtum or to an androgynous. Why is that? The answer is very simple, because in a case where somebody gives birth, let's say, to twins, there's a boy and a girl. The fact that she gave birth to a baby girl means that she's going to be Tommy for the next two weeks, and then until the 80th day, she'll be pure even if blood comes out of her womb. The fact that she also gave birth to a baby boy is actually irrelevant. It's not going to change anything. When one gives birth to a boy, you have exactly the same thing, just for half the amount of time. So you're Tommy only for one week. Okay, so since she had a baby girl as well, so that's not going to make a difference, the fact that she also had a baby boy. And what about the fact that if you have a boy, so the blood that comes out of your womb only for the next 40 days doesn't make you a nidda, but not beyond that? So maybe it should make a difference, the fact that you had a boy. The answer is no. Because she also had a girl, and the fact that she had a girl means that the blood that comes out of her uterus until the 80th day will not make her tome. She doesn't lose this 80-day purity, the fact that she also had a boy. Until now, the doubtful cases of the Mishnayas were where she only had one child, so if it was a male child, that means that she never gained that purity until the 80th day. Because she didn't have a girl, but over here that she definitely gave birth to a girl... The only question is, is the second child also a girl or also a boy? The truth is, it actually makes no difference, because either way, she's going to be Tommy for two weeks, and she'll stay pure, she won't become a nidor, even if blood comes out of her womb, until the 80th day. The Mishnah continues, If the fetus came out of her womb, out of her body, cut up, or upside down, that means that the feet came out first, once the majority of the fetus's body has come out, then it is considered to be born, and she would start the count of the days of her being Tome, and followed by the period where she stays pure, she would begin counting from when the majority of the body has come out. When the fetus comes out in the regular direction, head first, once the majority of the baby's head has come out, then it is considered to be born. And she would count from that point onwards. What is considered to be the majority of the head, from when the forehead of that baby or the fetus has come out, that is considered to be the majority of the head, and from that point, the baby is considered to be born. If a woman miscarries a fetus, a child, and it is unknown which gender the child is, but they know that it was definitely a sufficiently developed fetus, but it's unknown what the gender was, we're going to understand that we're talking about a case where the fetus was lost. 
So they know that there was a fetus, just they can't find it now to check which gender it was. Teshev Lezachol and Kevash, she should sit the days according to the stringencies of both a male and a female, which means that she'll be Tomei for two weeks, 14 days, and she'll be pure, even if blood comes out of her womb, only until the 40th day, but not beyond that. If it's unknown whether or not it was even a fetus that was sufficiently developed, in which case... Rover here, there's really an option that she didn't give birth at all to something that would make her Tome and then Tahar, etc., for 40 or 80 days. So in this case, Teshev Lezachovil in Kevosh needs to sit the days according to the stringencies of a male and a female, and or the Nida. It could be that she's a Nida. What that means is that in general, a woman who gives birth after the first week or two weeks, depending on whether it's a boy or a girl, she'll be pure whatever happens until the 40th day, or for a girl, until the 80th day. But if she didn't give birth, that means that she hasn't got this protection. So after the first week or the second week, if blood comes out of her womb, then she would become a nidder if she didn't give birth at the beginning. So over here, she's going to be Tomei for two weeks in case she gave birth to a baby girl. But after that, if blood exits her womb, she'll also be Tomei out of doubt, because it could be that she never gave birth, in which case this blood that comes out of her womb would make her a nidder, and so she has all of the stringencies in this case. Zayn, a woman who was Tomei as a nidder for seven days, and during that week, of course, it's forbidden for her to have relations with her husband, and then at the end of that week, she went to the mikveh to be purified, after which she had relations with her husband, and 40 days later, if she miscarries on the 40th day after having had relations, she does not need to be concerned that she miscarried something that is considered to be a fetus, because it takes 40 full days for the fetus to be developed and to now have the status of a proper human fetus, which will later go on into a baby. Over here, where she miscarried on the 40th day, so 40 full days did not pass, and therefore it's not considered to be a sufficiently developed fetus, so she would not be obligated to follow these laws that we've been defining, of being Tomei for a week or two weeks, and then waiting until the 40th and 80th day, etc. If she miscarried on the 41st day, then she would need to sit the days and be concerned for all of the stringencies that might exist, both for a male or a female, because she doesn't know whether it was a male or a female, or a nidah. And she also needs to be concerned that she becomes a nidah if blood exits her womb, because we're talking about a woman who didn't even know that she was pregnant at all, and it could be that a fetus didn't develop. So if she did become pregnant, then, and there was a fetus that was developed, so the fetus is sufficiently developed, and she would be like a woman who gives birth. But since there's a chance that she didn't even become pregnant at all, so that means that she also has the stringencies of a woman who has not given birth, which means that if blood exits her womb, she would become a nidah. Rabbi Shmuel, and Rabbi Shmuel says, and he learns this out of Psukim, that actually, that which we are saying, that it takes 40 full days for a fetus to be properly developed, such that a miscarriage of this fetus would be like a regular birth, and when it would make the woman Tomei, after which she would have a period of being fully pure, and not becoming a nidah. This is specifically with regards to a male. For a baby boy, it takes 40 days for the fetus to be developed, but for a girl, it actually takes doubly as long. It takes 80 days. So Rabbi Shmuel says, 
if she aborts, she miscarries on the 41st day, then she needs to sit the days and act according to the stringencies of one who has miscarried a male child, and also the stringencies of a woman who becomes a nida, meaning if after the first week blood exits her womb, then she would be tome as a nida. If she miscarries after the, on the 81st day, only then is there a chance that there was a female fetus that was sufficiently developed. So then, she would sit and have the stringencies of a male and a female, meaning she would be tome for two weeks, and she would also have the stringencies of a nida, which means that if after those two weeks she sees blood coming out of her womb, then she would become tome because there's a chance that she actually never became pregnant at all, and it could be there's no fetus, in which case she's like a regular woman, that when blood exits her womb, she becomes tome as a nida. And Abishmar explains, she has because a male fetus is considered to be completed, developed on the 41st day, after 40 full days have passed. Whereas a female human fetus takes until the 81st day to be considered developed. But the Chachom say, they argue, both the creation, the forming of a male fetus and of a female fetus, both of them occur on the 41st day and not on the 81st day. It's really only the previous Perek that focused on a woman who gives birth and the days that she's considered to be Tome and forbidden to have relations with her husband and the days that follow that she is pure even if blood exits her womb and she cannot become a Nidah. The Mishnahs of this Perek are really going to be a mixture of talking of the three categories of women who are forbidden to have relations with their husband and all these women are a Avhatuma. They have a primary high level of impurity. The three women are a nida, of course, when blood exits her womb, her uterus, she becomes tummy for the next seven days. The second woman is a zova, which is when blood exits her womb during the 11 days following her period of being a nida. So during that week of her being a nida, it actually doesn't, it's not really relevant how much blood comes out of her womb. Whatever happens, she'll be tummy for that week. But during the 11 days after that, if blood exits her womb, she becomes a zova. If this happens once or twice, then for that day, she is considered to be a zova ktanai, minor zova. She's forbidden to have relations with her husband. But if this occurs on three consecutive days, then she'll actually become tome for at least seven days. And only once seven days pass without any blood exiting her womb, only then is she able to be purified, she'll go to the mikveh, and then she'll actually be obligated to bring certain korbanos, certain sacrifices, which must be bought by a zova gadoila, somebody who had blood coming out of her womb for three consecutive days during that 11-day period. So we've so far got a nida and a zova, and the third category is that which was discussed in the previous parak, a woman who gives birth Depending on whether she gives birth to a baby boy or a baby girl, she would be forbidden to have relations with her husband for a week or for two weeks. And during that period, she would be an avhatoma, a primary source of impurity. 
Now, during the times of the first Beis HaMikdash, there was a nation of Kusim who converted en masse to become Jewish. Later on, many generations later, it was actually discovered that they never properly converted. They still retained idolatrous beliefs. However, for many generations, there was a very large debate as to the extent of their Jewish status, and they didn't really accept the oral part of Torah. The Torah Balpet, that which was written explicitly in the Torah, they accepted, but the traditions that we have going from Moshe Rabbeinu being passed down from generation to generation, that they didn't accept totally. And one such example is with regards to a newborn baby girl from whose uterus blood comes out, that the, it's learned from Sukkim that this would also make the woman Tomei. However, the Kusim did not accept this law, it's not explicitly mentioned in the Torah, and because of that, they wouldn't make sure to purify their baby girls if this occurred. And because of this concern, the Chacham decreed that Benais Kusim Nidus Mary Sasan, the daughters of Kusim, are considered to be a Nidah from their cradles already, from the moment they're born, in case indeed this occurred, and they wouldn't have purified themselves from that impurity. Now, as well as this, there were certain stringencies that the Kusim practiced with regards to a Nidah, and they held that any blood, regardless of its color, if it came out of the woman's uterus, it would make her into a nidah. For example, if it was yellow, we learned earlier on in the Masechta that that would not make the woman Tomei. However, they held that it would make her a nidah. But this, so to speak, stringency actually would lead to a very big leniency. Because, as you mentioned, once a once blood comes out of a woman's womb and she becomes a nidah for seven days, it's irrelevant how many times during that seven-day period blood comes out of her womb. Whatever happens, she's Tommy for seven days. Now, what happens if she had this yellow substance, this yellow blood coming out of her womb on, let's say, a Monday... And two days later, on the Wednesday, real blood comes out of her womb. According to the Kusim, she already became a Nidda on Monday, which means that the following Monday, after she goes to the Mikvah, they'll consider her to be pure already. But in reality, she only became a Nidda on Wednesday, which means that she'll still be a Nidda the following Monday. And this would lead to a situation that the Chachamim decreed the Hakusim metame mishkov tachtoin ko'elyoin, male Kusim, make a bed that is underneath them, Tome, just like they make something that is on top of them, Tome. We'll explain what that is in a moment. Because of the concern that they have had relations with a Nido woman. Somebody who has had relations with a woman who is a Nido becomes Tome to a degree that he's able to transfer impurity via Tomas Midras. That is to say, if there is something that is designated to support the weight of a person, for example, a bed, if the person who had relations with a Nidah, if he supports his weight on that bed, even without touching it, he makes it into a Rishon Latuma, just like if there was something on top of him, like his clothes. If he touches his clothes, he makes them Tome. So too, if, there, if he is putting his weight on a bed whose purpose is to support the weight of a person, so he would make that bed into a Rishon Latuma. And the Mishnah explains why are we concerned that he had relations with a woman who is a Nidah. Because the Hein Yoshos are called Dam Vadam. The women consider themselves to be a Nidah and sit as being Tome for every single type of blood. Even that type which we hold is not really Nidah blood. Now, at the end of the day, all of these are rabbinic decrees. We don't know that they've had relations with a Nidah woman. It's a impurity that is out of doubt. And because of that, if somebody touched 
clothes on which a person, a cussy lay on. So out of doubt, those clothes are considered to be Tome, and if somebody were to wear them afterwards, he might be Tome. If he then enters into the base Hamikdash, somebody who is Tome who enters into the base Hamikdash is liable to bring a carbon. If he did so unintentionally, but the Mishnah says Mikdash, he would not be liable to bring a carbon chatos if he entered the base Hamikdash after wearing those clothes because it's only out of doubt that he is Tomei, so he didn't definitely violate that Avera, that prohibition of entering into the Beis Hamikdash whilst Tomei. Likewise, if those clothes touched Truma food, which is the food that is given to Karnim, and it's forbidden to allow that to become Tomei, and if Truma food becomes Tomei, it needs to be burnt. However, if it becomes Tomei only out of doubt, then the Ein Sofen Alei Truma. We would not burn the truma based on this impurity, because the impurity is only out of doubt, and we don't know for certain that that kusi had relations with his wife whilst she was a nidah.